So I want her at my show to let her know that if she wants to take her shirt off during my set, it's fine because <laughs> she was well put together. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> certified buckets. Literally. Fact. Shoot your shot on certified buckets. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> What's up, what's up? Welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, back from covering the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. And if you can hear by my voice, it was one hell of a week, but we'll get into that later because I got my guys with me, Christian Winfield, Lethal Shooter. What is going on, fellas? Man, what's going we on try, with we, you? We just try and get like you, superstar. You, you, you don't want to be like me right now. Super Bowl. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. On? I was in the living room watching. Listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't. Well, y'all I don't. Was, y'all, I was, I was y'all don't want to be like me mm. right now. You you can hear it in my voice. It was a very long week, but hey, that's, it was that's it was it was a dope one. It was a rewarding one. It was my first time really being at the Super Bowl with like a lot of responsibility from interviews all yeah. week to the red carpet to the Super Bowl. So. If my voice had to go ahead and take a hit, I'm glad it was for this moment right now. You was here. interviewing some stars, though. Who was your favorite interview? Oh, my gosh. Um, Emmett Smith. Mm, when when Emmett came on legend. the stage, I mean, I was just starstruck as a Cowboys yeah. fan. Emmett Smith is the oh, GOAT. Right. But not only that, Ooh. you can't be not only that, but you can't be a football fan and not respect the all-time leading rusher in the NFL. That is did, a did, royalty. Did he right know there. did he know how much of a fan you were? Like, oh, I do, told do they, him. I'm not okay, shy okay, at all. Okay. I got a vintage Cowboys um Emmett Smith jersey signed okay, for him from okay, him. Okay. And for my on, dad, Chris, yeah, on, he's gonna hang it up in Chris? the house. But yeah, she he knew. knew who she's about to interview, so she's bought all Every the time, stuff to get signed. Yeah. <laughs> every time I hear every, every time I hear the name Emmett Smith, I think of Amigos. Huh? I keep thinking about that song, Emmett Smith. They got Emmett Smith. Oh, I don't know. Emmett Smith. One. I got it. Yeah, I don't. I okay, well, that's, on that's that note. The, <laughs> that's the Hampton. That's the Hampton take it away. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at certified buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you interact with us because you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right, guys. So look, (laughs) we know the trade Uh deadline passed a few days ago, but we have Mm -hmm. yet to give our takes on everything that went down. And there was a lot of things that went down. It was not a quiet week, quiet day by any means, but it was a busy deadline and the league looks a little bit different now. So let's get right into it for this week's three on five. All right, y'all. Check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. All right, so topic number one. You know we got to start off three on five with the biggest deal of the week, and that was the Ben Simmons-James Harden deal that set NBA Twitter on fire. On Philly's side of the deal, they obtained James Harden and Paul Millstaff from the Brooklyn Nets. Christian, from the Sixers' standpoint, do you like this deal? I'm a little torn on this deal from the Sixers' standpoint just because it depends on what version of James Harden they get, Ooh. right? The, the version of James Harden that we saw in Brooklyn this year, if 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 that's if that's the version they're getting, I don't like that for Philly. If they're getting 2018 MVP James Harden, if, we're, if they're even getting last year's James Harden that, that kind of put the nets on his back in spurts, then yeah, pairing him with Joel Embiid, 
I don't know how you're supposed to stop that, right? And here's another thing. I think James Harden is going to be a guy who makes Tobias Harris better, who helps make Tyrese Maxey better. He's going to make a lot of those players around him better because they're not going to have to work for their buckets. He's going to break defenses down and get it to them. I just get a little concerned when, A, he gets to over-dribbling. We know he's going to he's gonna do that. And, B, once you start getting into playoff crunch time situations, which are inevitable in the playoffs, especially if you're a championship contender, what James Harden are we going to get? Because we've seen James Harden kind of disappear in the playoffs at times, and then right. we've seen him hit some big shots. So we I, that's that's where I'm at. I don't know and, what version of James I Harden mean, they're look, getting. We kind of alluded to this over a few weeks of this podcast, and I actually, you know, I was working on Miami Radio at the time when it was reported that James Harden wanted out of Houston, and I said Philly was sure. the probably the best destination for him from the jump just sure. because of what Houston could get back, and also I feel like Philly is a more complete team that would be instant sure. results. Not to say that Brooklyn doesn't have a good team, but I think Philly, for what James Harden was looking for, which was an instant championship, probably Philly was the better choice in that situation. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. But, you know, there there was a lot of rumors and there was a lot of chatter about James Harden wanting out. Obviously, he said they weren't true, but... And then mm-hmm. Steve Nash said, look, we're not looking to trade anyone. But we've heard that story right. before. That was like when yeah. Kyrie said Me he wanted to retire it. in Boston. In Boston. But right. then what happened? So, right. Christian, what do you think the deciding factor of James Harding wanting out of Brooklyn was? Because he said in the press conference today that Kyrie Irving was not a factor. But it's very hard to kind of believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's two things, right? The first thing is Daryl Morey leaving Houston to go to Philly. Right. I, I think that relationship kind of planted the seeds of this potentially happening. And Daryl Moore came out and said, hey, you know, we've wanted James. He said that he thought that the original trade should be a three team deal that sent James to Philly first instead of Brooklyn. Right. And and when you think about it, it's like, yeah, that kind of would have made sense from from a James Harden and from a Philly perspective. Right. But it just didn't go down that way. And, and then you start to look at other things that happened this season. Sure. He, yes, he can come out and say Kyrie being part time didn't play any impact on it. But of course we know it did because that increased his load, right? James Harden was playing so many minutes every single game and then you see Kevin Durant get hurt and then you just start kind of seeing the wheels fall off. What I found really interesting was what James Harden had to say about Doc Rivers. He said he was looking forward to being coached by Doc Rivers, that he knew what his rotations were going to look like and that everybody had their roles. If that's not a shot at Steve Nash, I don't know what is, right? So there's a lot of different things that, that play a part in it. And then He's got ties. Look, Meek Mill is one of his best friends. He knows mm-hmm. Michael Rubin, who's one of the owners of the Sixers. It's all mm-hmm. the relationships made sense. And uh, I, kind of the writing's been on the wall for a while. Ever since he didn't sign that contract extension in the offseason, we kind of knew this was a possibility. Lethal, let me ask you, you know, obviously, James Harden, Kevin Durant, they have a long-standing relationship that goes back to the OKC days. This was not the fairy tale ending that Brooklyn was expecting. This was not the ending, rather, that Brooklyn was expecting. And I'm sure this is not the tear in the relationship of Kevin Durant and James Harden that either of them were expecting. There were a lot of shots thrown at each other subliminally, whether directly, over the course of this past week since everything went down. Can they fix their relationship, or is this just forever a strain that probably we won't see united anytime soon uh me personally being a hooper i I don't see that being a you know a unite like i don't see them coming together saying we're friends ever again you know um i just feel like oh man um i saw a few posts as well it looks like when they were saying he's gonna get traded i saw kevin like liked it and things of that nature like it's like Mm -hmm. you know as hoopers and like you guys already know like you feel portrayed it's like dang you didn't even really give it a chance i'm not trying to say 
James just up up and left left ship. All due respect to James, it's like, you know, get somewhere and settle there and even go through the tough times. Mm. And I think that's what can actually help his legacy to show, like, even through adversity, he can continue to keep going forward. Not saying he's looking for the easy route to the ring, but it would just be nice to see, like you're saying, like, it's not easy what they're going through with Kyrie there, playing games, playing out. But you know what? That's a part of it, being a professional. Like, yeah, you got to continue to fight through the adversity, like you're saying that Kevin Durant did when both of those guys got hurt. He didn't make excuses. Another thing Kevin Durant never did this season, which I'm proud of, he didn't make no excuses when he was asked questions by the media about Kyrie. He just said, look, you know, that's his that's his choice, blah, 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 blah. And you could tell even sometimes uh, Chris can say this as well, sometimes in James' play, he just looked annoyed sometimes. Yeah. And as a professional, you're not going to like everybody around you. It's your job to get your job done. So it, I, I just don't see them when they see him. They're like, oh, what's up, James? Woo, woo. I, I just don't. I, it I does. Can, and, and you, especially Kyrie. Y'all know if it's a oh, away facts. game yeah. and Kyrie facts. walk past him, Kyrie ain't saying, Kyrie is going for blood. It does also look yeah. like, you know, James is going to a situation that is kind of constructed much like Houston was. And not to say that Doc Rivers is going to go ahead and give him that much freedom, but knowing that you have ties to this organization between the owner, between the front office, between one of the ambassadors, Meek Mill, it seems like he's going to be in a situation much like Houston where the city is going to embrace him. He's going to have a lot more freedom than I think he was getting in Brooklyn. And that was a Mm -hmm. report that he was not happy with the drastic difference between Houston and Brooklyn in terms of what happened outside of the game. And it Mm -hmm. seems now he's got some of that freedom back in Philly. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out. But Lethal, give me your best Astrodomus impression because you know I'm 4 0 right now. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty oh, legit. Bro. Do you right see now. the Sixers running the offense through the post or using the pick and roll? I, I, I see him going through the post. I see James, for the first time, I see James allowing Joel to be the first choice. And I see him, okay, Joel's not doing his thing. All right, now, now come. I don't see him just immediately coming down. Because the one thing we know about Joel, he's not going to stand and watch that. I think he's going to be able to play off Joel to give Joel that space and time that he needs to rest. And most importantly, do other things so Joel is again burned to the ground. I think you said that, Ash, where he was doing so much. Mm-hmm. We knew when the playoffs might come around, he won't have the energy. I think picking up James, Joel continues to do his thing. When he feels like he can't do his thing, James gets his thing. But the good thing is, James comes off a pick and roll. He got Danny Green. He got Tobias Harris. He got all these shooters around him now. And and now, how do you stop Philly? Like, there's no way to stop Philly unless they're having a bad shooting game. So I'm really excited to see this team work. But most importantly, to answer your question, I think everything is going to go through Joel and B first. We're going to go ahead and move on to topic number two, and we're going to go to the other side of this blockbuster deal. And we're going to head to Brooklyn, where the Nets not only received Ben Simmons, but also Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, as well as two first-round draft picks. Christian, do you think this was a good move for the Nets? Now, I'm surprised Doc traded his son-in-law. That That's cold-blooded, but yeah, it, it is. is what it is, the business of the business. Yeah, yeah. you know, Ash... You've talked about it all season in a way. You know, the Nets have been this top-heavy team, but what happens when some players go down? And we saw the Nets riding the 10-game losing streak, mm-hmm. right? Now they trade away that one star, and you get Ben Simmons. You get Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. You get Andre Drummond. All these players fill holes that the Nets have mm-hmm. had in their roster. The Nets have been one of the worst rebounding teams mm-hmm. and rim-protecting teams. Andre Drummond is going to have an immediate impact there. Absolutely. Joe Harris has been hurt. 
The only real shooter on this team has been Patty Mills. Now you add Seth Curry, who's lights out shooter. And in terms of actually pushing the pace and, and you know what I'm saying, setting up the defense on the perimeter, Ben Simmons is that. Say what you want about him in terms of not shooting the ball or, or not wanting to shoot or being a mm-hmm. poor free throw shooter like I asked about in the press conference. He's still someone who is a game-changing defender, mm-hmm. uh, and he's an incredible playmaker, especially in transition. And, and I think that's where he's definitely going to benefit this team because, you know, James Harden is one of the most talented players uh, on the planet, but he plays 20 miles an hour, right? He, he, plays, he plays at a slow, methodical pace. Ben Simmons is going to push that ball up the floor, and just the pace that he plays with is going to create opportunities for everybody. So I think this is one of those rare deals that's actually a win-win for both sides. Uh, now it's just a matter of for the Nets— the Nets don't have much time, and they're not healthy. Right. So they've got to find a way to put this ASAP. thing together on the fly. Right. And I don't know if they're going to have enough tough. time. Yeah. To it's do not it. enough it's, time it's, for chemistry. It's definitely going to be a tough thing with chemistry because, look, although you did get, like yeah. you said, a lot of pieces mm-hmm. that are going to go ahead and make this team less top heavy, which was my biggest critique and has been my biggest critique of them, you're still kind of in a similar situation, right? Kevin Durant is still hurt. Yeah. Kyrie Irving's only available 50% of the time. You don't know when Ben Simmons is going to be implemented into the rotation. So you're still kind of back where you restart. You started from, yes, you got Seth Curry, you got Andre Drummond. They can probably be immediate factors, but will they be enough? And then again, when you do get all three of your guys together, is there going to be enough time to establish chemistry, especially with Kyrie Irving only available 50% of the time? So it's going to be interesting. Time is not on their side. But if anybody can do it, it's a team that has one of the best players, or if you ask me, the best player in the world right now, Kevin Durant on their team. But I want to ask you this, Christian, because Ben Simmons' press conference got a lot of people riled up for one reason or another. There were a lot of comments that were said. Some were contradictory, some were confusing, some were conflicting, and some just left you wondering, huh? So what did you make of his first press conference as a Brooklyn Net, and what were some of the comments that stood out to you the most? That's a, a great question. He didn't shy away from anything anybody asked him. You know, he said, well, and then he kind of talked in circles. At one point, he said that there was no issues between him and any teammates or any any coaches or organiz- or any owners. But then when asked if he texted Joel Embiid at all, he said no. He didn't reach out. He didn't talk to Joel Embiid at all. He talked to Doc Rivers, Tobias Harris. So he he's still sorting through a, a lot of his emotions. And he, he hasn't shied away from the mental health aspect of it all either. He said, hey, the, the mental health portion had nothing to do with requesting a trade at all. He said this has been something that he's been battling for years now. So there's a lot of layers to this guy. I think I think we're understanding that. But he's also very excited to get back on the floor. He said he's been working out basically every day playing one-on-ones, two-on-twos, threes-on-threes. And I had to ask him the question. I was like, hey, man, have you been working on your free throw shooting? What's up? If you you Because you, he can't play down the stretch if he's not going to hit any free throws. You're going to have to pull him. He said he's hitting his free throws. He said he's practicing was, and he's making them. Was so. that comment not confusing to you about the mental health thing? Because, you know, a lot of people were on his side when, you know, it was reported that he wanted out of Philly and that mental health could possibly be the reason why. So then by yeah. saying that the trade had nothing to do with mental health, does that, I mean, it left me a little confused because it, then what else was yeah. the reason you wanted to leave? Like, if you, mm. if, you know, it's one thing to, you know, have confliction and, and things like that with your teammates. That's natural. You know, you're in a locker room with these guys day in and day out. Like, eventually you beef. But if you're so unhappy, which it seemed like he was, and it's affecting your mental well-being that you wanted to leave Philly, then the reason you requested a trade is a lot tied to your mental health. And there's nothing wrong with that. But by saying it is, it makes you wonder, okay, so then why did you want to leave? Exactly. Yeah. And and that's one of, that's still an unknown right now. You know, we're still trying to figure out what, and and that's where, where it it becomes tricky to talk about mental health, right? Because 
I don't know what's going on in your head. You don't know what's going on in my head. Right. And none of us know what's going on in Ben Simmons' head. And on top of that, we don't know how long those things have been in his head for. Right. right? So it, it, it's it's kind of tricky. But at a certain point, it, it seems like he's at peace with it and trying to move forward with it. So, I mean... At this point, you you, you kind of let him move on and see if he's going to be able to make an impact on the floor. Lethal. Yeah, I mean, that I'm, impact I'm, on the floor. You've been studying Ben Simmons since he was in college. So a long mm-hmm. time. How do you think, you know, his skill set and the skill set of the players recently acquired by the Nets and the team as a whole? How is that going to work? I, I, I agree with I agree with Chris. I think it's going to be a perfect fit. Um, I feel like his ability that, you know, everybody can make fun of his jump shot, but his passing ability is next level. He reminds me of Magic Johnson in the Ooh. in the open floor. Um, mm-hmm. And the one thing we could say that the Nets have, they have shooters. You know, they have Seth. They have uh, Patty. They have Kevin. They have Kyrie. They have all these people that can knock down jump shots. So as much as defenses might try to sag, it's going to hurt them because what he's going to be able to do is, if the defense try to sag in the playoffs, he's literally going to just do a pick and roll with Kevin or do a pick and roll with Seth. Since the defense is so far back, they're going to be walking into some mid-range easy jump uh, jump shots or they're going to be walking into easy mid-range threes. So you're going to have to step up a little bit more. Now when he does the pick and roll, since he's so good at passing, if he does the pick and roll and he rolls to the basket and gets the pass, now he's going downhill. That person has to, to step up because he's either going to get a left-hand dunk, right-hand dunk, left-hand hook, mm-hmm. right-hand hook because he uses both hands well. Now he's not put in a situation he has to use a jump shot. Now when he pulls that big or that other guard that slips over, that's when he's kicking it left or kicking it right. I think this is the perfect team for him, um, excluding if he has a jump shot or not. This is the team that um, I don't think he's going to be forced to have to shoot the three-point jump shot unless – um, he's on the floor at the same time with Andre Drummond. That can hurt them because Andre Drummond would literally, teams would be able to check them and it, it would hurt the team. So I think when when Ben is out there, they're never going to have to, they can never have people on the floor that can't knock down the jump shot because that's the person that they're going to use to stop Ben. Mm, that's a great point. So you don't think there's a way that the Nets can have, say, Ben Simmons and Andre Drummond on the floor at the same time. It would just be Not hard even. because now um, the big for, for so literally all the other guys will be able to check their guys regular, and you can use Drummond's guy to literally just step up, and 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 then Ben's guy is going to step back, and now it's basically Ben is clogged up. So if if, if Ben's yeah. guy step back and Andre guys uh, steps up a little bit, everybody else is being denied. Now Ben is looking at a situation that he has to try to go downhill with the guy being there. The guy's going to try to take a charge. And now Ben has to be forced to to take the jump shot. Now, yeah. if Drummond isn't in there and you guys put KD at the five where you have a, a stretch five. What about LaMarcus? You put, oh, you put LaMarcus in the corner. Now, if that guy steps over and Ben guy step back, Ben is literally uh, the guy. The wing can dive down. LaMarcus can come up to set the pick and roll. With Ben, Mm -hmm. Ben turns that corner. Now, since the guy is back, Ben just kicks it back to LaMarcus. LaMarcus is going to be shooting shots like he's by himself in the workouts in the gym in the summertime. So this is this is legit. Yeah, it's 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 going to be exciting to watch. That's for sure. And when those those teams face off for the first time since the trade, it's going to be must see TV. Moving on to topic number three, the Sixers and the Nets weren't the only two teams that made some changes at the deadline. Porzingis is now a Washington Wizard. The Mm. Celtics have acquired Derek White from the Spurs. And Serge Ibaka is now a member of the reigning champs, the Milwaukee Bucks. Lethal, which team made the best under-the-radar deal? Uh, I think Mm. they won with Serge. Um, Serge... 
is a good fit because now they're 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 figuring out ways to take more load off Giannis. And once again, like uh, you guys always say, if you take more load off players like Joel, you take more load off players like Kevin Durant, you take more load off players like Giannis. Now, when it's time for them to give 120 percent, they're mm-hmm. giving 160 percent. And I feel yeah. like Serge brings that like that that tough grittiness that that unfortunately, all due respect, they were looking for from Demarcus Cousins. You know, they were looking for Demarcus mm-hmm. Cousins to come in and take that load off Giannis to just just bang a little bit, bang with Bobby Porter. So Giannis isn't always getting his body hit. And the good thing about Serge, he's built for these moments. He's he's older. He's wise. We know off the court how he's going to be. We know during the game, um, he's going to be able to control his emotions and be able to do different things to bring value to the Bucks. So I think the Bucks did a great job in this trade. And I think they just added themselves to to, to take it to the next level because Serge, if you, if they play the Nets, Serge can check uh, Aldridge. Serge can check Drummond. So it's like they're not winning or losing. They're, I think they're gaining. If I had to add on to that, I, I would say I've got two. Uh, the first would be Karis LeVert going back to Cleveland. Well, not going back, but going to Cleveland. Mm. Um, I think that Cleveland. really adds. Yeah, Karis Cleveland. LeVert. Yeah. I never heard somebody say yeah. they want to go to Cleveland on vacation. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. First and foremost, you've got Karis and Jared Allen reuniting, right? That was a dynamic duo in Brooklyn before the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving era mm-hmm. began. Um, and, and they just have chemistry already in terms of the setting the screens, throwing the lobs, all that. But now you just, you're you supercharging in a way this Cavs team that's been rolling with Jared Allen and, and Darius Garland. And now you've got Karras, who's basically a starter that you're bringing off the bench. Uh, they're, they're just bringing, they're having so many options now offensively. Uh, I love what they're doing. I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them past the second round, but I think they can definitely win a first round playoff series depending on where, where they start, mm-hmm. I mean, where they're seated. And, and second, you know, I, I really like Daniel Tice back to Boston. You know, there's there's some guys that shouldn't have left yes. there, right? And, and he's that type of player. Mm-hmm. He's a Celtic, right? He should have always been there. And now we're starting to see them try to piece together their team. You know, I, I don't think the story is closed on them this year. Obviously, I don't have them winning a championship or even making it out of the East. But they've played far below their expectations mm-hmm. this year, as you could say, for a number of teams. So I think adding him gives them another dynamic of that stretch big, that tough guy that you need. And uh, I like that deal for them as well. For me, one of the more surprising, I wouldn't say the best under the radar deal, but one of the most surprising under the radar deals was Porzingis to Washington. I did not see that that? coming for a multitude of reasons. One, um, Porzingis hasn't showcased his ability to constantly be available enough to go ahead and help a team reach that new level. That was the biggest fault of him in Dallas. That was the biggest fault of him in New York was that there's a lot of skill set there, but there's not a lot of access to it because he's not available for one reason or another, which is why Luca was always out there fighting for his life or fighting for the team's life life. solo dolo. So (laughs) not really quite sure. Yes, I understand Washington's kind of just not tanking, but they're just, you know, hands are up in the air. Like, let's it is what it is at this point but Porzingis in Washington doesn't really make much sense to me I don't know if he's going to fit and I don't really know if he's going to be a difference maker on the Wizards I don't really see how it makes them even a fraction bit better but hear me hear hear me here Porzingis even with the Knicks like uh okay he 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 dealt with he dealt with with the Knicks but for Dallas it's like it was so simple to play with Luka bro Trell knocked down the, the top three Grab rebounds. If you're open, dunk it. Because the one thing about Pazingas, we're not the type where we're asking him to go through traffic, mess people like Giannis. Like we're not asking him to do that. We okay, right. cool. Be the finesse player you are, but bro, you're not even knocking down a jump shot consistent for right. Luka. If he was just knocking down a jump shot consistent for Luca, 
grabbing rebounds and don't bail out with the with the fadeaway uh jump shot. So instead of pound pound fadeaway jump shot, it should have been pound pound. If the guy uh uh keeps fighting, keep going stronger, keep going stronger, then then go up strong because he it's like you know it's like go hoop in New York, go hoop in D.C., go hoop in dif- different cities. To, not saying he doesn't know because Luca knows, but it's like to just get yeah. that tenacity that he needs because he's only missing the smallest pieces. He has the height. He has the 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 feel for the game. He has the IQ, but it's just the smallest things when you watch him play. It's like, come on, man. All you're doing is shooting right. jump shots. Now all you're doing yeah. is... It's like he would have been the perfect fit for Luca. It's like those two were made for each other. It's just you could tell Luca and the and the franchise is like, you know what? Just 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 send him off because he's not Luca's getting burnt into the ground. That brings us to topic number four. Oh. Because while there were some teams who made some moves, on the flip side, there were a few teams who needed to make some moves and did absolutely nothing, nothing. by the trade deadline. The yeah. Knicks, the Lakers. And as usual, the Warriors all had a very quiet trade deadline and will now have Mm. to test the buyout market if they want to go ahead and improve their teams. Lethal, which team do you feel could have benefited most from a deal? And be kind. Remember, there's a Knicks fan on this panel. No such thing as kind. I I agree with Chris. You know, when when Chris was saying that the Lakers have the potential with that mob to do something. So... I, I don't see why everybody was so mad that Russ wasn't moved. I feel like Russ hasn't had a chance. So Russ wasn't going to get moved. I know. Listen, Lakers fans, I'm going to go ahead and put Houston. this out here. Yeah. Nobody is going yeah. to free you from the shackles. That is Russell Westbrook's contract. That's a tough. 40 you guys piece. are Facts. stuck. Right. I'm sorry. Facts. You should have right. known what it was when you signed up for it. You cannot get rid of him. He is here to stay. Right. Sorry, right. not I sorry. Tried. I tried to write some trade ideas. It's I was hard. like, hey, send them to Orlando. Yeah, it's, that, it's hard. There's so much it's, money it's to hard. take on. Unless, like you're saying, you got to clear a whole, like, you got to give up like five years first round. Like, you got to give too much up. So it, this this is a tough one. I feel like the team that would probably benefit the most is probably the Knicks because mm. the Lakers and the Warriors, we know if they don't make any trades, like, they, they still have the potential to, to probably win a championship if you think I'm wrong. Like, I think they still have the potential to get to the finals. Uh, how bad? Yeah. How bad the Lakers are? We still haven't called them out. We still can say have, they, yeah. they might because you still got LeBron, you, think, you still got AD, you got three Hall of you, Fame players they, on. The they roster. might have a chance, Ash. Not not saying it's going to be perfect, but they might have a chance in the seven game series. Now the Knicks, no chance in hell. Well, I wouldn't say that because it's an NBA team. But I hate to say this, and I know you guys, I know Ash is hard on this, but I think they should have moved uh, Randall. Randall. I think they should, yeah. and I think, and this is the only reason why. What he did last year, people kind of still remember. So a team might take him. If he continues to have the up and downs that he's doing this year, his value is going to be very low uh, next year. So it's, I would have gave him up only because people st- you know, still see value in that. And the way the Knicks look, if you guys think about it, all due respect to Obi, unless they get the right developmental coaches, which they're going to do. Because the one thing about Leon and Wes and all those guys, they they know exactly what they're doing. Tibby know exactly what they're doing. But the development of the players right now, I don't see anybody this season, and you can correct me, Ash, because you're a huge Nick fan. I don't see anybody this season that it's like, damn, you could tell last summer, like they went crazy in the gym. Well, I'll yeah. say this. I don't think Julius Randle should have been moved. I do think there should have been a move made for a point guard that can consistently play. I think, okay. you know, when I was having this mm-hmm. conversation for weeks, I told a lot of Knicks fans, look, if you guys want Julius Randle to be traded, you know, lower your expectations because that's not going to happen. I think that 
a small move, if a move at all does happen, it's going to be a small move. Something like moving a Kemba Walker, something like moving one of the young guys to get a point guard that can consistently play and can consistently help you move that offense, create an offense, and just help the offense as a whole move and flow a lot smoother. Julius right. Randle in his last six games is almost over 30 points. It's 32 points, 30 points, 28 points, 28 points, 28 points, 30 points. Not to mention... In some of those games, 16 rebounds, 10 rebounds, 16 rebounds, 16 rebounds, 13 rebounds. I mean, he's been balling. Julius Randle is not the sole issue of the New York Knicks. The issue okay. is, is that the team right. is not constructed for a player of his skill set to constantly put up numbers like that. So what's going to happen is you're going to see a decline from him and all of a sudden Knicks fans are going to be like, this is why we should have moved Randall. No, mm -hmm. this is why you should have moved a piece to, to, be a, to get a piece that would complement Julius Randle and what he can do on the court. Julius Randle is not the problem. He's never well, been the sole good, problem. She, she, you might have a good point there. If we have somebody oh, with a com tremendous high basketball IQ to control the team That's it, right there. and not put Julius Randle in situations, all due respect, that he's not thinking for the team, then we put him in situations like, all right, look, Julius, we know you like the ball at the elbow, like a Chris Paul. Like, of course they can't get Chris Paul, exactly. but I'm saying. But he, he's literally telling Randle and put him in situations that he does. Like, like you're saying, Ash, he's put in situations that he has to be the Chris Paul. He has mm -hmm. to be the the rondo for this team and he's never in his career been that player so you have a great what happens there. is if you consistently put the ball in Julius Randle's hand and you he's going to look crazy sometimes to constantly run the offense yeah. he's yeah, going to fair. fall short he's going to throw the ball in the stands he's going to do different exactly. things sometimes at right. some point he's going that to is... fall short of that expectation yes. you need yes. and that you is need why a veteran point guard around him nobody's you but here's the thing he was never mm -mm. the player that you were meant to build around. Julius Randle's yeah. a 1B player, a 1C yeah, player. Yeah, exactly. he's, he's a role he's player. Your third best. But, you, yeah, he's your but third there's best nothing best. wrong with holding on to a 1C while trying to find best. your 1A, your 1B player. He was never meant to be the guy to build around. He was he was that by default. But I don't think you have to move. If you move Julius Randle, the team doesn't right. instantly get better. And once no. that trade with the Sacramento Kings and Tyrese Halliburton and all those guys were moved which was an asinine trade De'Aaron Fox was never leaving, leaving Sacramento so for all the Knicks fans yep. who thought that it was going to be a Julius Randle De'Aaron Fox swap that went out right. the window once Sacramento that made that window. trade so there was really right. nothing out there that you could trade for Julius Randle that would make your team instantly better it just didn't I exist agree. right yeah I, I feel like we they we're kind of playing in reverse here, right? Where you got your third best player first, where you're supposed to get your first best player first, and then right. start building around them. Right. And now the Knicks are just in this position. Ash, I do have a question for you, though. I mean, it's no, it's no, it's no secret. You guys have had trouble closing out games. What, like, why, why do you think that is? That point right? guard like, piece what's, you what's, was talking about. I think, I think it's one the point guard piece, and I think yeah. also Tom Thibodeau. You know, his rotations are questionable. I think yeah. that. There are mm. some coaches, and this is, this is I speak really highly of Eric Spolstra down in Miami for this very reason. Sure. There are some coaches who go into a game with a game plan, right? All I mean, let me rephrase that. There are all coaches who go into a game with a game plan. But what separates a good coach and a great coach is a great coach is able to say, this game plan's not working. Let me adjust. I think a lot of the really? times... Tom Thibodeau's default is is that he will constantly try to make his 1A game plan work when now we're on 1C and I need you to give me something different because what you came in with is not working. What else can you give me? He sees right. sometimes a game unfold on the court 
that's differently than the, what the rest of us are watching. So his adjustments adhere to what he's seeing or what he wants to see rather than what's actually happening. And when you look at a coach mm. like Spolstra, when you look at a coach like Kerr, when you look at some of the mm. be- or a coach like Popovich, they're able to see the game plan that they went in there with, but they're also able to instantly adjust on the fly and say, this is not working. You come out, you go in, so he's you go in the corner, you play the he- four. Tom right. Thibodeau likes to he stick comes to in with one a plan. plan. I don't care if it's, I don't care That's for losing. That's the plan. Yeah. And if he does That's make that probably. adjustment, which you have a good point, like like for instance, this is a good one. Hear me out. Some college teams and some um, NBA teams, they know like at the three minute mark, Ashley's going to come in the game. I don't care if Ashley's shooting good or not. Mm-hmm. She's coming out in the second quarter at the uh, ten minute mark. Whatever. Blah blah blah. What, yeah. what Ashley is saying, so some viewers are going to understand, is if, if Ashley comes in at the three-minute mark, but she's like, she hits four threes and she's supposed to come in at 10, hold up. Let's keep Ashley in until about right four. There. And that's right. what Tom Thibodeau, she's saying, isn't doing this. And what she's saying, the 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 great coach, not saying he's not a great coach, he's an awesome coach, but the coaches that make adjustments during the game, they'll say, okay, we're going to start Chris at the shooting guard today. But if Lethal comes off the bench hitting shots, Lethal's going to play over Chris. Some coaches say, I don't care right. if, 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 if Lethal's knocking down shots. Put him back on the bench because Chris is my guy. And I think with those adjustments, Ash, you have a good point. If, if an OB or somebody comes in and they're playing well or somebody's doing something, change the whole format for that person for that game. Right. And yeah. on top of that, look, like, I understand that, you know, as a coach, and, T- and Tibbs is one of those type of coaches, he right. loves his vets. He puts right. all his trust in his vets. But right. sometimes, look, Julius Randle, if he's having an off night, he doesn't have to play 35 minutes a game. No. There's nothing wrong with holding him accountable and saying, look, you just don't have it tonight, Julius. I'm going to go ahead right. and rest you some more, right? Obi, right. you continue play. Tibbs seems to try to make a triangle fit into a circle, you know, hole, and it's just not going to work. You know what I mean? So right. I think it's the lack of adjustments. I think it's the lack of time management when it comes to individual players. It's the lack of creativity in the rotations. And I think a lot of that, you know, Last season, you can say, well, you don't have the depth. But this time around, you have a lot more talent than I think a lot of people think that we have because mm. you, nah, it's not utilized. Yeah. No, you have a lot of talent with Nobody's those young guys. sorry on them, yeah. You have a lot of talent with those young guys. Those young guys yeah. are hungry. They come out yeah. there and they change the t- entire dynamic of the game, but you'll never mm. know it because they don't really get an opportunity to play because mm. Tibbs yeah. will constantly try to go ahead and force his vets into doing something. They just don't have the the potential to do night in and night out. So make your adjustments, coaches. Tibbs, I'm talking to you. If you need some help, I, I have some time that football season's over. I can come and let's be your assistant coach. Just, just pick up the go. phone. Yeah. Ash, coach Ash. All right, so we are going to end three on five with topic number five, and we are looking into this year's All-Star Weekend, which is only a couple of days away. Can you believe it? Super Bowl just ended, and now All-Star is right around the corner. So let's make some predictions, and we're going to start with the three-point shootout. Lethal, who do you got winning? Here's some of the participants. Fred Van Fleet, Trey Young, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, Desmond Bain, Patty Mills, Carl Anthony Towns, and C.J. McCollum. Well, these are a lot of great and elite shooters, but the one thing about um, the three-point contest, you have to get the ball off the rack. So getting the ball off the mm-hmm. rack is like all these are elite shooters. Right now, if you look at all these shooters, the best shooter out of all of them right now on paper is Desmond Bain because of the percentages for Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, but but getting the ball off a rack, shit, the way Patty Mills' shot is, it's like I, I'm kind of I'm kind of going with maybe Patty winning it. And then Desmond and 
I got Desmond and and Patty going all the way to the end. Any surprising participants in the three point shootout um, that you're surprised Car- to hear their name? Definitely Carl Anthony. Me Towns. too. Um, I felt mm. like if we're gonna go with a big this year, I think, and I'm not saying this because I train them, but I think we should go with like a Bobby Portis because, like these, <laughs> because it's like, you know, the, I, I agree he's, with he's you. shooting. Like I just feel like you know if we're gonna go with a center. Maybe add another center in there. That like that was kind of not saying Carl can't shoot, but shooting off that rack is is totally yeah. different than just catching and shooting. Not saying maybe maybe Carl might win it, but I that, I was kind of alarmed by that. But you know what? It's All Star Weekend. You know, Carl Anthony, do your thing. Uh, keep doing your thing, brother. I got Patty Mills. I got Patty Mills. I yeah. got to go with Patty yeah. as long as he can beat the clock. Mm. Oh um, yeah, Patty has Patty has to get his feet under him. That's a for him one. to be able to That's hit those one. shots and, yeah. and watching that. So between having to get the ball off the rack, yeah. then having to readjust your feet yeah. to get up, if he if he can beat the clock, I, I like him. Yeah. Uh, and, but I mean, the way he's shooting in Brooklyn, it's hard to bet against. Yeah. Him. All right. So my pick for the three point shootout. This is a little bit of a biased pick because that's my dog, and I'm gonna always ride with my dogs. But um, CJ McCollum. That's all I got. Mm. I don't got. I don't have a long explanation for it. I don't mm. have this whole like know, philosophy. As- CJ's a dope person. He's a dope friend of mine. He's always been a really good friend of mine. I love him as a person. And CJ, all day, every day, I got you. I'm rooting for you. That- mm. He shoot a little slow, though. What's up? He, he got that. Don't worry that about little... CJ. He got this. All right? Just trust <laughs> me. We gonna see. But this is the one <laughs> that we can know. say she lost. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it's nah, not she's going to lose no, two. No, but I'm, 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 I'm literally saying that I have no logical answer, for, reason for this. It's just because he's a friend. I'm not losing okay. the Obi Toppin one. You're Don't try one. it. Yes, you are. Obi not winning and, and neither is your boy CJ. Okay, well, whatever. Speaking of Obi Toppin, we're going to go ahead <laughs> and talk about this slam dunk contest real quick. And I'm very excited about these participants, two of which are New York natives and got New York Nick ties. We got Jalen Green. We got Obi Toppin's son of NY street ball legend. All right. Cole Anthony, who also son of another New York legend, Cole Anthony senior. Um, and then we have Juan Toscano Anderson, Christian, who are you feeling? Who's going to go ahead and, and come out of that slam dunk contest victorious. Mm, I know you want, I know you pulling for Obi, but I mean, he's I, the I son going, of dunkers delight. Come on now. I feel you, but I don't know about when it comes to slam dunk contests. I feel like we like guards. You know what I'm saying? I feel like guards can get up higher. Guards, they they make the dunks look more electrifying. And I, I think I'm going with Jalen Green. Mm. You know, I I think he's just, you know what I'm saying? I think he's hungry. I think he wants it. And I'm not, I'm sure all these guys want it. But I think just his bag might be a little more creative. He's he's young. You know what I'm saying? He's bringing some young energy. I, I, I'm, I, that's where my money's on. I'm taking Jalen Green. I'm going to have to go with Cole Anthony. Um, mm, yeah, that would have been my yeah, other pick. Yeah, yeah. Watching him this summer, um, work on his body, especially his legs, and work on his explosion this entire summer in LA. I, I, I think he's more than I've seen him. I've seen Jalen Green as well because uh, I used to help him as, as far as well. You know, in the summertime with Nike, but mm. Cole is not saying he's not jumping high as Ob and all these other guys, but Cole, how he just floats. I think like what Chris is saying. Yeah. That's what people want to see. They want to see the legs flapping. They want to see, they want to Facts. see people jumping over cars and doing all that stuff. And and Obi is shoot. Obi's like six seven, six eight. So it's like his stuff's difficult unless he like leans from like the free throw line. I think one of those smaller guys like a Cole is going to take it. Jalen's going at number two. Obi three and and Mr. Anderson at four. 
That's all right. Listen, Obi, ba- Mr. Listen, Obi baby, I got you. All right. <laughs> I'm going with the son of Dunker's yeah. Delight. Dunker's yeah. Delight Jr., yeah. Obi Toppin, he's coming back for the crown that was taken away from him finally, last season. Chris. He's coming yeah. for the crown. He's bringing some type of hardware back to New York City because, you know, we yeah. desperately need something. And it's going to be as a slam dunk champion. It's in his DNA. I'm excited to see what type of creative dunks. I mean, he's been doing them in games all season long just for the fun yeah. of it, behind the back, between the legs. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I'm excited to see what type of energy he's going to bring to the slam dunk competition. I think he has a chip on his shoulder because I think he mm-hmm. feels like he should have won it last year. So he's coming back with a vengeance. Obi, New York is behind you, baby. Let's go. We can't talk about All-Star Weekend without talking about the All-Star Game. And it's Team LeBron versus Team Durant. So Team LeBron consists of Giannis, Steph, DeMar DeRozan, Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, Luka, Darius Garland, CP3, Jimmy Butler, Donovan Mitchell, and Fred Van Fleet. And Team Durant, Joel Embiid, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, DeJounte Murray, so excited for him, Chris Middleton, LaMelo Ball, and Jared Allen. Lethal, who do you have winning? Team LeBron or Team Durant? It's tough. LeBron, Giannis, Steph, DeMar on the same team, CP3. Mm. I, I don't, I don't, I all due respect to Team Durant. Like, that's, that's, I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a, unless, nah. Ain't no I, one less. KD ain't returning for the All-Star yeah, I got, game. I got, that's what I, got, that, I got Team that LeBron That would be like some by. WWE stuff, though, if he came out the tunnel and was oh, like, yeah. yo, I'm here. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I, I'm here to suit up. He is not, the Nets would not go for that. Nah, Imagine I got, I got Team great LeBron TV, though. winning by 18. Yeah. 18, yeah. wow. Okay, Christian, yeah. go ahead. I, I'm inclined to agree. And you're just looking at this roster and you're looking at... I mean, number one, let, let's call a spade a spade. KD drafted everyone except James Harden. <laughs> He's drafting DeJounte Murray ahead of him. He drafted two centers. Hey, DeJounte he got Murray Rudy is Gobert. nice, though. Yeah. Listen, it's... it's DeJounte Murray is nice. nice. Yes, don't get me wrong. But I'm looking at Team LeBron. You got Giannis, LeBron, Steph, DeMar, and Jokic on the same team. It's over. That's it right there. I'm going Team LeBron. I don't think it's going to be close. Lethal. 18, 18 might be, they might need a mercy rule. Yeah, they might. Unless. Not a mercy rule. Unless. <laughs> what's the unless? What, He's saying unless, think? like, Kevin Durant comes out like the Undertaker and rises from the coffin. It's like, I'm back. Removing <laughs> removing two people from this time that mob. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's the NBA. Oh, you want a, tra- a game day trade? Yeah, it's the NBA. You never know. They might do something. No, you know, it ain't happening. He needs, he needs, he needs uh, Kevin Durant to come back. What was that? In, like, WWE SmackDown when The Rock returned to the WWE? Yeah. No, yeah. nah, that was like when Paul Pierce left the game. And they had to come back in. Remember when they had to they yeah, had to carry Oh, because he, yeah. he, yeah. yeah. he had a situation. Right. <laughs> that was crazy. All right, that wraps up three on five. We firing up the certified hotline. Everybody, please welcome to the show the one and only currency. Yeah. Man, what's, what's good? good? Oh, we firing up the certified hotline. <laughs> you already know. Oh, we firing man. it up. <laughs> How you living, man? Talk to us. How, how's life I right can't now? Complain. I'm a few days away from dropping the album with my brother Alchemist. I'm looking at an increase. You know, I'm underground, but I'm looking at an increase in my numbers analytically right. as far as like videos and shit that I usually don't pay attention to. Right. I'm looking at shit just in the hundreds of thousands, like in days. I'm like, oh, 
people are really looking forward to this project. So, you know, feeling good, feeling good. You know what I'm saying? I'm building an RC racetrack outside. Wow. Yeah. Life is sweet. Damn. Yeah. yeah like at, at the house, nigga. Like right outside. I don't have to go nowhere. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, that's dope. You, yeah. You know, some some would say that life is sweet for those who are Pelicans fans right now. And you're obviously from New Orleans. Yeah. Um, talk to us about how you how you feel about the CJ McCollum trade. I wish we could have did it and kept Josh. Mm. Mm. I don't know how logistically how that happens. You know, but yeah, you know, that's the non business side of me. You know, know, everything is business. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. So that's cool. Then his impact, you're feeling the impact quick. So yeah, he's a hard nosed player, man. He's from the DMV. And I haven't made made it to one game since he got there. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah, he's really dope. I'm watching them. My dad don't miss the game on TV, so <laughs> yeah. that's cool because they live across the street from me now. I just got them the crib across the street from me. Yeah. Oh man, that's right. dope. It's the shit. You, you it's the shit. Right that's now. amazing. I'm eating so well, bro, because my mom is chefing it up. Right. My mom right, right. look out the window. She'll see me outside. <laughs> you come on, here, come get one up. <laughs> what's What's your mom be cooking? Do Honestly, like what's today? I believe it's gonna be dirty rice, mm. fried chicken. Oh my mm. god! Yeah, it's one of those moms. Hey man, you yeah. living the life, bro. I got one of them like rollers in her hair. Used to have the car games. All the ladies <laughs> come play cars. That's my mom. That's my mom. I tell these guys all the time. I love New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. She does. I've been she does. multiple times. Pull up. The food is incredible. Yeah. The vibe is incredible. The people are incredible. Like, yeah. New Orleans is a vibe. Oh, yeah. Whenever y'all dope. ready, just come down. Y'all could do the show from the Jet Life office or something. Nice. Hey, oh, yeah. Certified. Y'all ain't even got to... We could set up a table or y'all could sit at different rooms in that bitch. It's all good. Hey. Hey. This that hospitality hey, that's we got talk about. Free food in the house. I'm moving in. You got me messed up. Lethal shooter moving in, bro. Come on down. You'll see. You'll love the real estate part. Oh, nah. See, you talking my language now. It's pretty easy to ball out. Square feet for the low, baby. (laughs) Well, speaking of balling out, you're actually a big fan of 90s NBA. Mm. Um, What is the biggest difference for you between 90s basketball and basketball today? The shorts. Well, the shorts are in range of your knees. Um, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of that, outside of that, just uh, everybody is is owning a personality and becoming like on the business side larger than life is almost like when you go see like there's like road people like Rod Strickland and shit stood out to me. Mm. But Rod Strickland didn't have the shoe deal and the McDonald's ad or something like that. But nowadays it's like you might have four dudes on the team with all with a deal, like all with something to stand behind. And that that's large as shit. I don't know if you attribute that to the teams around the players, like the off the court who handling the business, or if that's these players personally, by watching everybody who inspired them to play and realize maybe what opportunities they were missing off the court as far as making other money and seeing that what they would do, like maybe they applied that game when they got their chance and that's what's going on right now. It's a beautiful thing. It's the same way with music. Like rappers before me, were impressed with how much money I was making underground, like what I was doing because the internet had just kind of exploded. 
But now I'm looking at kids become millionaires within a week, within, you know what I'm saying, with the yeah. record and shit like that. And it's the same. Like, that is what's going on in, in, in but, the NBA. But as a fan of the 90s, do you kind of miss the physicality of the game back then and how the game is a lot more skill-focused than it is physical-focused? And also back in the 90s, like, yeah, there were guys who were friends and they were cool, but we didn't see them, you know, out together at dinner or on vacation. And it was like wrestling in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I would liken every sports faction to like the way that I believe wrestling was mm-hmm. in the 90s. It was like, OK, fucking. You might play y'all play against the Pistons. You might get your arm broken. There may not be a whistle blown. That's right. just what it is. You, right. know, you know what's going on. Right. But that's that. And it's like it's it's respected. Is it so? It's damn near like how how the how wrestling had the NWO. So there's the bad guys you boo, and right. you just know that they. Are, but nobody ever said it was a good side and a bad side. But it just exists, right. and that's what was going. Yeah, that's what the fuck was going on then. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. I missed that, but I also appreciate the fact that more of a skill like you have to develop more of a skill set to survive now and that brings an argument where some people say some people talk about mike and other players who i love they're like man i don't know if he would have maybe he wouldn't have shined the way shit is right now but mm-hmm. but but with a lot of players but that's just advancements in anything as shit go on bro it just gets better and better people just observe and attach some of the game borrow some of the game and add their own spice to it and that's just that. Like, fuck that. People were shooting underhand bucket free throws mm-hmm. when the shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you saw it, it was like, nah, I think this might look cooler. Shit just gets cooler. Mm-hmm. And was it getting cooler? Finesse comes in. Maybe I don't have to fucking ball my way through the lane if I can fucking sell you the move and then just drift away on the memory and just mm-hmm. give you that. As long as the right. fuck go, that might be the new thing. That shit happens. Here's what I want to know. How does the city of New Orleans feel about Zion right now? Are y'all hot on him? Y'all cold on him? We we wish we could uh, see him play basketball <laughs> to right. know how we feel. <laughs> right. Yeah. I oh, mean, Zion. We're not upset with the guy. They fucking his his camp his camp made sure I had his shoes. Yeah. But Facts. you know what? What could I do in my backyard court flexing? What could I do in my backyard court? <laughs> hey, he had to with put my that Zion shoes. How could I try to emulate your moves if I haven't seen you do the shit right. since you got here, bro? Right. But you're cool. A, right. You're cool. He's always got the fucking best Jordans on hanging out. Facts. Watching his, I, it, watching the team do his thing. I'm I just wonder if, you know, if it's a I hope it's not a ploy. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I was just about to ask that. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, like, whispers on the front row. Another <laughs> flex. Oh, oh. So, so you threw in the court, you threw in the front <laughs> row. I mean, you there's whispers, there's whispers yeah. as you as you sit as you sit close right. enough. There's whispers, you know, that some people might think it's a conspiracy. You know, who knows? But <laughs> that's all in the game. You know what I'm saying? As long as brothers get paid and uh, hopefully live out their dreams, which is to play basketball. Yeah. We want to get the money, you know what I'm saying? But we also like to do whatever we're doing. Like, I'm, I I like to go to the studio and, and do the shit. That's yeah, how right. it ended up being that good. So we have to love to play basketball. So right. I'm sure he wants to get out there. We'd love to see him, you know what I'm saying? And, and fuck, 
with the moves that we making and the players that we are fucking uh, putting on the team as the team gel, when he come aboard and start playing, fuck, maybe we'll be able to, like, maybe we'll be a contender. Right. Maybe we'll be able to make some other moves, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fill the seats up a bit more, you know? Yeah. I was told yeah. I was told that you're real big on the youth and you're real big on always giving back, especially with basketball. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I, I heard some great yeah, things. Yeah, well, I mean, bro, I think I, what I, I'm sure I can agree with, with, with all y'all. Y'all, right. y'all would agree with me. Um, as a kid, basketball pretty much ruined your life. Right. Like, even motherfuckers who couldn't play they trying to play basketball. Right. right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, like there were a lot of the them. way the way the way skating is in some communities, some people like there's that's just a definite way of life. Basketball is a fucking way of life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because either you were playing it physically because you were good, you were like a little fucking junior athlete in your neighborhood, right. and you were the man, which I was. Right. Oh, so you could hoop hoop. Uh-oh. Hey, well, at this point, brother. That was a long time ago. Okay, okay. I had surgeries. It's on like my riding a bike, I got, though. I got fourteen screws. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I probably still got. I probably. I probably ain't got to do too much. I'm probably nice from from from. Like I still probably still got my range. All right, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. That's funny. As well. I probably ain't got to do too much. But 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 fucking either you was playing outside, or you were inside kid, and you couldn't get away from fucking like NBA Live and shit like right. that. Right. Right. It was kids who only played Mortal Kombat, but when fucking live came out, that shit blew them away too. It took them yeah. in, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, so it, I was told as well. You have you, you you're starting up a team, like you have a team in grassroots. Yeah, well, we got Jet Life Athletics. Right. Is that an AAU team? We got an AAU team. Wow. We had, and I, I got a buddy. I got a buddy who's uh who's got like a five or six year old like a, a camp that right. he's launching. So um, I, my thing is anybody who knows with expertise or has like made enough moves to where people can trust in them right. and bring their kids around them, right. then I want to help them facilitate what they're going to do because I'm on the road. So it's not like I'm going to come show your son how to do a left hand layup. Right. But right. if my homeboy, you know what I'm saying, played, I don't know, fucking minutes in the right. league, though, no, minutes in the league. But he's here and he's got time. Dude, all right, let's set something up because it's always kids around that are willing to listen right. to somebody who's had a taste of it. You know right. what I'm saying? Nobody want to listen to a bum, but if anybody I know who done made some moves, I'm like, yo, bro, you kind of got to come share right. that game. You got to come, come show a motherfucker how to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we need more people like you, especially where I come from. You know, I'm from D.C., we need more people to make it out, especially to come back to touch the youth. And you sound like one of those people that you always want to uplift other people and most importantly, give back to the community. Because, you know, sometimes it's like that that one person or the, those two people talking to you that could put the person in the right direction. So you sound like you're one of those positive influences for the city. That's why I, I wish that on everybody that that some mm. people just don't have no OGs in their car. Right. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like facts. a lot of people just have like older homies. Right. And that's that's yeah. just their peers. A motherfucker sit around you, be ten years older than you, but y'all both got the same mindset. So he right. can't sharpen you. Nah. So you gotta have a motherfucker that's willing to give you the game, and not be jealous of your youth. I think what happens is, mm. as as we get older, like some some of the G's become bitter mm. and look at the little homies and like, 
But if I was if I was his age, I had this and this by now, blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and begin like not sharing because of that, and that's not gonna make their situation no better. Mm-hmm. What right. I believe in is all the game I chop up with the little homies when when they when they ship come in, they gonna sell that motherfucker to my house mm-hmm. and be like, big bro, mm-hmm. look look what happened, bing 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 bing, because that's what I did. Like everybody who's still alive that. They gave me some game. I've been able to to break bread with them and be like, yo, like this is because of this. Like you mm-hmm. said this, this is, and then I took that right. and I made this happen. So I want to put it in their face so they know they weren't wasting any time. And I feel like some of the seeds that I'm planting are going to come back like that. Be it through the kids who play basketball in our Jet Life Athletics program, be it through the uh, McMain. Boys mm-hmm. basketball team, mm-hmm. they champions mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and about to get another set of rings. Mm-hmm. And, hey. like, and and it's and, and I don't and, and it's not like I'm saying when they go to the league, I want a Ferrari. Right, right. Right. No, no. Hey, let me tell them something. That shit real, bro. Like I play I play I play AAU, bro, and that's how that shit be what he's saying. Somebody will literally help you, right? And then when you make it somewhere, they'll be like, oh shit, well, I'm happy for you. But hey, man, I need you to get this house for me. Like, damn, nigga, all you did was buy me two Happy Meals one time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yo, <laughs> I'm just that's saying. hilarious. He, he right, Yo. though. Like, it's it's like that in our communities, it's the, it's the bro. $100,000 Happy Meals, what it was. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, but I, I don't I, want I, nothing. I just want a motherfucker to, to show me that they're doing well because yeah. that means yeah. I didn't waste my time. Right. By setting up these programs and right. sinking my money into some of these situations, because I like lowriders too. Right. I like little kids mm. having futures, but I love lowriders as well. And I could <laughs> spend that money on them pilots and fucking fix my cars up <laughs> if, if 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 nobody really gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, currency. I got a question for you, man, because this is certified buckets, right? We got we gotta we gotta drop that heat on you real quick. Come on. If you gotta do a versus battle. Who you who you going up against? What's up? We got we we trying to see you on the stage. Me and uh, my big homie Devin the dude. Mm. It's two different demographics, but it's the same demographic. You That's a good me? way of breaking it down. I ain't think about it like that. Yeah, yeah, because I go to Devin the dude shows, and I see some of the people who I see at my gym, at my concerts, but they're the ones who stick to the back because they're like, I'm going to let these kids have it. And yeah. I'm not even a kid. And neither is my audience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, I get it. I get it. But then I go to the Devin the Dude show and they front row, smoking, fucking like hanging out, taking the late. I saw one chick who I, I saw one chick who I thought worked, was working at my concert as like the fucking venue, I don't know, like the merch lady yeah, or something yeah, I yeah. thought she was. Cause yeah. she had the Jet Life t-shirt on, but she really was just there checking out the music. Cause she told me later on, she's like, I'm 40. And I'm like, like, like she told me she was 63. She's like, <laughs> I'm 40. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, that's great. But then she's at the Devin the Dude and she's front row and she has on a not a not a jet life shirt. I don't even know what kind of shirt she on because she fucking took it off right. and threw it. <laughs> oh, wow. And her bro had Devin the fucking dude. Oh so, my god! Two different demographics, but they're the same. Because she's yeah. like, I can be, I can be who I want to be at the Devin show. But she did come to my show to check my shit out too. So I want her at my show to let her know that if she wants to take her shirt off, 
during my set is fine because <laughs> she was well put together. Wow. And, and nobody knew that. Like, it was fucking cool. <laughs> certified bucket. Shoot your Facts. shot on certified buckets. Literally. <laughs> well, every, on, every episode. on certified buckets, we always talk about how music and sports just go hand in hand. So who yeah, is right. the best That's rapper true. slash hooper that you have ever seen? There's a lot to choose from. I mean, you got Master P. And if you P. want, say yourself. Say well, yourself, Listen, there's bro. so many people to choose from. You got J. Cole, Master P. Um, I mean, he's not really a rapper, but he can rap. Chris Brown. Uh, I mean, Quavo. Quavo. Yeah. Davies. Two chains. Two chains. Yeah. The whole J. Cole situation, I don't even consider because I'm like, dude just chose to rap. Like, he couldn't he could play basketball. Right. 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 Master P was like, I'm the king of the world. I'm going to play basketball. Right. Because he could play in the hood. So he was like, well, no, I could fucking do anything now because I'm fucking Master P. So <laughs> right. I'm going to play basketball. <laughs> right. Right. Shaq had the fucking uh, You Can't Stop the Rain. Shaq is not a rapper. Shaq Currency, ain't no don't dad do that. rapper. <laughs> bro. Don't do that, bro. Listen, don't do I that, bro. One of his instrumentals. Yeah. Yeah. He had the You Can't Stop the don't Rain. Do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not going to let you do that. He had, he had, you can't stop the rain with, uh, and, 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 and it, it, it might have had, I wonder who else was on it. Wow. Who was on that record? I'm hearing a Biggie verse. Listen, I don't, that can't be I, don't I don't doubt, no, I don't, it not. was Biggie. Oh, it was Biggie. It was Biggie, Biggie wow. but I don't oh, doubt that wow. the instrumental it was fine. It, it was Biggie, yeah, yes. Was. Well, bro, shout out to Emma. Hang it up. None of them niggas had this record with Biggie. <laughs> I don't look, man. Look, I'm sorry. And I, God, God bless. Kobe had Kobe rapped on Brandy record. That shit was cool, man. But this nigga Shaq had a record with fucking Biggie. That's amazing. Hang it up. Yeah, that's a fact. Hang it up. Hang it up. Say what so you we say. So we gonna say because he had a record with Biggie that makes Shaq a good rapper? For sure. Oh, my God. Uh, hey, I, think, I think I'm tight. I ain't have no fucking record with Biggie. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm not man. even close humans. I, I never puff daddy never sent me no unreleased verse. <laughs> but well, the, but the thing is, yo, Shaq gets a hold of this audio, he's gonna go on inside oh, the NBA man. and just raise hell for a it's week. Cool. <laughs> and it's cool because Shaq Shaq once busted us on the roof smoking weed and told us he was the cops. Like he narked me in the homegirl lot. What? No way. <laughs> Bruh. No way, Shaq the feds. I got a, I got an autograph pair of Shaq's. I wanted, I wanted, I hit my homie got him signed, and I wanted to tell that dude I had him, and I was so excited that he was around, and I, I walked off to my apartment like, let me go grab this. This is a long time ago, right? Like two thousand eight or nine. I'm like, let me go downstairs and get these shoes out of my apartment. And fucking, when I got back upstairs. The homegirl had fucking like crumbled the weed, like the joint up like this. I'm like, what's up? She's like, fucking Shaq fucking came over here and told me to put the weed up. I'm like, no, fucking no way. Shaq didn't do that. So I like lit a whole nother one. And I was like, dude, Shaq like listens to rap. I'm sure Shaq kind of knows me. I'm going to light the weed, fucking smoke the weed. Shaq comes over and he's like, I got my family out here. I'm going to produce my badge. You heard the voice change? No office to produce the badge tells us that he's a real cop, and then I'm like, all right, no sweat, man, and fucking put the wheel. 
right, what can you say? Shaq is like seven foot. Right. There was right. nothing not to say. Right. I wasn't even like where I was. If, if it was like a few years later, because once I kind of got popping, weed became legal for me anywhere I was. Nobody gave a yeah. shit. But at this point, I'm like, we didn't even make how I fly yet, I don't know. So I was like, fuck, Shaq yeah. is not all the way in tune. So I guess I'm going <laughs> to let this go. This is one and of the funniest stories I've ever heard in my life. Bag. And I remember hearing something like that. Like Shaq was the passion. I was like, damn, this he's about I to think his dad, I think his dad was he his dad was a state trooper for 30, 40 years. So no, but Shaq was. legit is a is a cop down here in Miami. Yes. Like he has what? A, that's crazy. He has a legit, I think he has a legit Broward okay. County. He has a legit Broward County sheriff. Pro- and it's a yeah. few places. He's a cop. What? Places, real talk. Man. He's a legit cop. Like it's a legit yeah. No thing. way. Yeah, for real. My man yeah. winning championships and locking people up. What's going on? Yes, bro. Slamming a spot. Hey, you know what? For that fact, he might be right. Shaq is a rapper, Shaq a cop, a DJ, a, a basketball analyst, oh an NBA goodness. champion. A t- hey, listen, Yo, Shaq Lethal, got real ads. talk. Lethal. I saw that man, yes. I saw that man on Saturday at, at a Sports Illustrated Super Bowl party. And he like you you realize you like you know Shaq is big, and then you see him, and I mind you, I've seen Shaq like a bunch of times. I don't right. know how people are still alive to tell the tale of him crashing into them at like the basket and like getting D played on. Yeah, like that. he is huge. Yeah, nah. It yeah, makes that. no sense. Like, how are you alive to tell this story? To be in the NBA, to be a professional athlete, is just a whole nother level of you know what I'm saying? You yeah. brought yourself to a different uh area of conditioning yeah. to where Shaq can dunk, slam into you, and yeah. you can run down the court to the next. You know what I'm saying? It's all right. Crazy. If he did that to me, you know what I'm saying? I probably would like have to like catch my win or something like that, but I'm not in the NBA. Yeah. I I got a question for you before you go. How how do you put so much music out? You know what I'm saying? Because album coming. Yeah. Well, the the studio, the studio is the next exit off the highway from my house. So I can't even go to Pizza Hut without passing up the studio. Mm. So it's right there. Uh, and I like money and every, <laughs> every project that I drop, I'm not one of those dudes who can put out one album and let it sit all year. I put out my album for the year and I'm going to go platinum. That doesn't happen mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. every month I put out an album so that people can react to it and I can make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like my app, my projects, I hope one day, I hope that this next one, We'll stream in the millions every month, but it's hard to do that. So I just put out a fresh one every month so that they can do that and I can make the same amount of money, you know? Yeah. I want to know all those Rolls Royces and shit, too. So yeah. got to bust your ass to get it. Hard got to stay bro. in the gym, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You have a new album dropping. Yeah. February yeah, yeah, 18th. Yeah. Can you can yeah, you give yeah, yeah. can you give us some I, I insight? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't come on onto the show to plug my music. <laughs> I came to express my uh, dismay at us losing one of my homies from the Pelicans team. I thought this was the great platform for me to talk about it. Say I didn't like <laughs> you, you got that but, out. Yes, you know, you as long as I got that out the way, yes, the continuance drops February 18th. Me and Alchemist. Alchemist did all the beats. Uh, who I got on there? I got my brother Wiz on there. Havoc from my beat. Larry June. Uh, Babyface Ray, uh, Styles P. Oh, love Styles. 
I think that's about it. You know, I got all my homies on there, so it's going to be a blast. Uh, I hope y'all all check it out. Josh, I, I hope you get into it, too. <laughs> Thanks. Grab that album, Josh. Yo, Currency, thank you so much for stopping by the pod, man. If you got if you got anything else you want to plug, you know what I'm saying? Now's your Don't time. trip. Make sure that we get you guys' sizes so we get some jet life apparel out there. We get some satin jackets, Ooh. some hoodies, some sweatpants and shit out there to the crew. That's all I want to do. Uh, when the album right. drops on Friday, y'all just let me know y'all got it. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, uh, Josh, yeah, I, you too, baby. Thanks. I wear, I wear a size half an ounce of grape jelly. What's up? <laughs> hey man, y'all gotta, you 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 the, if you're in LA, I could put it in motion for you. Anywhere else, that would make me a drug hey. dealer. All right, you want you want to get some weed in Los Angeles? Let me know. I will put it together. That's where it's business for me. I say we certified do. A, I say we do a special edition of Certified Buckets live from New Orleans. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know about y'all. I think currency might be my, my the favorite guest that we had on this podcast. You always so far, love man. when guests come that, through and give you right. free stuff. You you That's say why. that every time somebody gives you a free this hoodie. Is not about the free somebody stuff, give you okay? anything free. They're, they're is, your he's favorite. Such, it's no, about Lee, the you know experience. what he is. He's such a cheap date. You just give him something. <laughs> now I'm a cheap, a cheap date. date. How would you know, Ash? You would. Know. I know a cheap date when I see one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Apparently man. not. I'm expensive, you feel me? <laughs> nah, that was cool. I ain't even... Man, man I, love, I love his vibe, Shaq. his energy. That story about Shaq yeah. was hilarious. That was crazy. Complete joke. That was crazy. I didn't, I didn't definitely, not... <laughs> we definitely got to drop that on social but media. Ash, that was funny. I just learned Yo. something. I did not know Shaq was out here really here. I mean, Shaq's a legit cop. I know he's a yeah. cop. Shaq is the op. Shaq, Shaq is the op. Shaq oh is a goodness. legit cop down here in South Florida. I want to say Broward crazy. County, but it could also be Miami. But I think it's Broward County. But yeah, legit cop. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. And you know what they say. Actions speak louder than words, but nothing speaks louder than buckets. Now, that's a good facts. one. I need, I facts. need more stuff like that, Josh, because that's something that I would actually release. I love that one. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. I Put love it on that a one. t-shirt. That's right. It's the Certified Bucket of the Week. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the Certified Bucket of the Week. My Certified Bucket of the Week, can we get this guy some help? I mean, I know he's young. But if he continues to do this, he won't last till he's 30. We need to get more players around him, get things done down there in Dallas. I'm going with Luka. He had 45, 15, and 8 assists versus the Clippers on Saturday and 51 points versus the Clippers on Thursday. I mean, how much more does this guy have to do? Get this guy some help. What does what does help look like though, right? Like, what's Not the much. player? Is there a is there a singular player that you think makes the most sense to play with Luka? He needs a superstar, not a superstar, like a big three type thing, but he needs that player that he can just give the ball to and just watch. I love Tim Hardaway Jr. I love the point guard. I love everybody. But it just seems like they're not giving him that relaxation he needs. It's like every time it comes down to it, what does Luke have to do? Almost everything. You know, yeah. who, who do you who do you feel that might fit with him down there? That's available. Nobody they're going to be able to get. Yeah, That's nobody, there's they... nothing available. So I'm saying with this mob. It's like all due respect to those guys. He doesn't have that person that is like, whew. They just they just scored eight straight for me, and I just I just got my legs up under me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. I'm thinking like, what if Jalen Brown becomes available? Does that move the needle? Right? Do you do you uh, trade a bunch of your pieces to get Jalen Brown? Jaylen, nah, I, I don't know. Yeah, like, I think I you need a higher caliber yeah, player than yeah, that, right? I like, that, yeah. I don't know where yeah. where it goes. Um, my certified bucket. I mean. 
Seth Curry in his first game with Brooklyn, mm. 23 points, hit three threes, seven rebounds, five assists. It just, it, he's one of those players where if he gets a clean look at, at the rim, you, you think it's going in, right? And I don't, you can't really say that for a lot of these players. Seth Curry, once that ball leaves his hands, if it's not blocked, I, I'm thinking that shot is going in. And that just adds another layer of confidence to this Nets offense. He supports them in so many ways, as I already said, with Joe Harris out, re, like just providing that extra scoring. Um, that's my certified bucket. He's been doing amazing. Mm-hmm. My certified bucket is going to Tyrese Halliburton, 22 points, 16 assists mm. Sunday versus the Timberwolves, 23 points and six assists Friday versus the Cavs. He is just further proving that Sacramento, you messed up because the fact that you went ahead and traded this man. Listen, I don't know what the game plan is, but all I know, the game plan wasn't a good one because Tyrese Halliburton is balling, has been balling and will continue to ball with or without you. Here's the thing, Tyrese Halliburton, every time he comes to the Knicks, we say it's Tyrese Halliburton revenge game because the Knicks could have had him and they didn't pick him up. But right. I think that this just goes to show that, I mean, again, it's still early since the trade, but I think this just goes to show that Tyrese Halliburton is just a incredible asset to have on any team. And the fact that you can just go ahead and be implemented yeah, in a new system. That. I wouldn't have did that. Right. The fact right. that you can just be implemented in a new system, in a new city, in a new franchise, and just pick up right where He's you left good. off in terms of balling, that sure. is just what solidifies someone who's a true asset, a true baller. And Sacramento, I hope you're watching this like the bitter ex because I don't know what you did, but you didn't do the right thing. So, But he's always Listen, you, he's always mm. showed that potential, Chris. Like, he's never... I don't get why. Yeah. I would not give up young top. Like, that dude is good. You know what I realized? And, and you know, I, I, I kind of overreacted because the trade had broke while we were recording. Right. And we kind of gave our immediate reactions. Right. Now that I've had time to kind of sit on 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 the, the idea of De'Aaron Fox and, and, and DeMontis Sabonis together on the same team, you, you have to give to get, right? And if you've got De'Aaron Fox under contract for the next five years and you want to keep him in town or you want to maximize this window, to be honest, him and Halliburton on the floor together probably doesn't happen a lot, right? You need balance to that offense. So incorporating Sabonis, I think it, it makes sense. Now it just falls on the Kings to build a roster around these guys that make sense. And that's where I that's where I start to get a little a little concerned because they haven't shown us that they're capable of doing that yet. But I think once you put together this duo of, of Sabonis and Fox, that's a, that's a start, right? Right. So now it's just okay. How do you build on top of this? Right. No, I and agree with you. It's interesting too because the Players Tribune um, just released a quote with Tyrese Halliburton on this very subject, and you know I'll read that quickly. He says, "I really, really was in. It was all in on Sacramento, and I wasn't right. shy about it. I would tell people I want to be their next C Web for the city. I wanted to become one of those players who got drafted somewhere and built a legacy. So right." Yeah, you got to give to get, but sometimes you also got to hold on to the things that you're not willing to part with and try to make a move happen elsewhere and in spite of. And I don't know. I think I would have tried to hold on to Tyrese Halliburton a little bit harder than I think maybe Sacramento did. And it's unfortunate because that guy's a solidified baller. So, you know, best of luck to him in his new city. But I don't know. You know, best of luck in Indiana, but uh, I don't know. I don't know, Sacramento. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Only time will tell. Listen, but speaking of time, that is a wrap for this episode oh, of Certified Buckets. Man. How you guys feeling? 
feel great. Hey, listen, you know what I'm saying? We we did the damn thing. We had currency on Word. here, Ash. It's your flu game. You feel me? So everybody knows, like, <laughs> they had such a long weekend with Super Bowl, and they still came out and did their job. So that's that's clutch. Thank that's clutch. you. Hell yeah, Ash. Appreciate it. Hell yeah. After this, I'm gonna not speak for the rest of the day. So it's right. text messages yeah. only. Right. Um, I got a nap loading. <laughs> Make sure you guys do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. Shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets, and we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you, and if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. But until then, peace. We are out. Peace.